Can a marriage survive infidelity? We dig deep to explore this thorny question. Join me, Jean-Claude Chalmet, and founder of The Place Retreats and a featured columnist for The Times, with Amy Cooper and Louise Daniels, on The Place Retreats podcast. Search Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite Android app. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome back to your next episode, the podcast that supports, informs and entertains the midlife population. I'm Amy. And I'm Louise. Today, our guest is actress Julie Graham. And I'm so excited about this episode. I'm a massive (laughs) fan. Um, And and she has brought together a star-studded cast to create the YouTube drama that everyone seems to be talking about. Um, The first drama to be made entirely in lockdown. Uh, It's called Dun Breeding, which as a northerner, I just love that. Um, D-U-N Breeding, Dun Breeding. Um, And it's about a group of friends navigating midlife. Uh, So first of all, welcome. Hi, Julie. Thank you for doing this. Hi, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. So uh, Louise and I have both been waxing lyrical about dumb breeding. We're massively impressed with what you've done. I mean, we were like, oh, aren't we smug carrying on our podcast during lockdown? And then <laughs> yeah. and then this comes along with all the shots and just the scripts are amazing and the performances are, are really good and the editing is slick and each episode just leaves you wanting more. Um, tell us in a nutshell, what what is it about? Well, first of all, that is great to hear. I have to say that it makes my heart sore. So thank you. (laughs) Um, It's about about a group of women who have gone through various stages of their lives together. They've had children. They've been married. They've been divorced. They've experienced death, domestic violence, alcoholism, lots and lots and lots of booze, fun, (laughs) depression. And now they're all kind of, you know, their children are at a certain age, you know, they're, they're either young teenagers or they've already left home and um and they're kind of done with that part of their life and it's just about how they're navigating the next part and also going through the menopause at the same time at different stages um and although I didn't want to make a menopause based drama comedy um I just wanted menopause to be the sort of backdrop of the 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 comedy because I wanted to address it because it doesn't seem to be addressed ever Absolutely. And most dramas sort of cherry pick what they want to put in there. And normally the menopause is kind of like, uh, let's throw that out. I guess usually because stuff is being written and produced by men. 
a lot of the time? Yeah, I, I think that there's definitely something to do with the male gaze. And I think often the, the, the menopausal woman is the butt of a joke or she's a kind mm. of figure of ridicule, um, which is slowly changing. But I, I think... I just think it's always been a bit of a taboo subject for some yeah. reason. And also, I you know I can't blame men for this because, because women don't really talk about it either. And that I think there's just been a culture of certainly my um, mothers and aunties and grandmothers' generation just didn't talk yeah. about it at all. And in fact, probably went through their whole life being medicated through it yeah yeah um, i mean it, it would I, be it would it would be whispered wouldn't it like oh she's going through the change you know the change. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit like you know she's having sex yeah um so i do i do think it's a generational thing but also i think now women who are coming into their late 40s 50s 60s are just so vibrant yeah and vital and sexy and sassy and they still have so much to say and so much to give and, you know, they're in their primes, really. I mean, I know they say Absolutely. 60s, the new 50 and all that sort of stuff, but it really is. Because all the mm. women that I know who are that, in that age group are just phenomenal. And and then you, you've got this thing that you have to go through, which is a menopause, which, let's face it, is a bit shit. Mm-hmm. And But unless we talk about it and have a shared experience, then it'll be even more shit. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And then, you know, there's so much that you can do. There's so much help out there. So I kind of just wanted to address it. And I think through comedy, it's often you can kind of get the point across a little bit more without banging someone across the head with it. Well, yeah, it's not I was going to say it's a dry subject. (laughs) 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 But but obviously we can if if you're if you're seeing yourself on screen and what you're going through and there's that sort of um, satirical, ironic angle on it, then you could be like, oh, actually, I've been going through this and this is shit, but that's hilarious that she's putting her face in the fridge at three o'clock in the morning, you know? Yeah, so dry subject, hot topic, of course. It's all the (laughs) the kind of, all the euphemisms. But having said that, exactly. But if I, if someone's going to laugh at me because I'm going through the menopause, then I want to make the joke, not somebody else. Yeah, 100%. So that was Absolutely. my point. And also I want I didn't want to shy away from how painful it can be and how debilitating it can be mm. and how you know, how it can just absolutely drive you insane. I mean, for me personally, I just felt <laughs> I mean, I felt rage to the yeah. point where I just, you know, people would look at me the wrong way and I'd want to strangle them in the street. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, talking you, when you were just saying just now about all the women that you know who are going through this this phase of life yeah. you know, are, you know, funny, you know, amazing people. And, you know, this programme really impressively is waving the flag for midlifers. Fantastic. Can you just tell us who is who's in it? Um, so we have Tamsin Outhwaite, uh, Angela Griffin, Denise Welsh, Alison Newman, Tracy Ann Oberman. And then my old mucker from Benidorm, Steve Edge, is in it. Yeah. Um, wonderful actress called Nimi March, um, who's mm. just come into the cast. And Nicholas Stevenson is going to be making an appearance soon. Um, right. And various uh, <laughs> members of our family who we've turned yeah. into not only actors, because, and yeah. we've turned them into crew. Crew members, because it's been made entirely in lockdown. I just want to make that point again. Yes. Um, and But the story... The story isn't set in lockdown, is it? Which I was sort of like, it's kind of oh, a relief, it was really. a relief, but, wasn't it? You don't refer yeah. to it at all. <clears throat> I love no. that. 
So why? What? What was that? Why was that? Well, decision? I've been developing this series for a couple of years actually, because I, I, when I went through my, when I started going through the menopause, I looked at TV drama and comedy, and I just didn't see myself represented there. Mm. So I had the idea. I thought, well, stop moaning about it, Julie, and just you know, write it. So, um, so I'd been developing it with a producer for a couple of years, and you know, the usual life takes over. You get busy, procrastination, yeah. all those things, and mm. so he we concocted this plan it was his idea really to cut to to do these 10 minute tasters of what the series could be when we come out of into the real world and we absolutely made the decision not to to set it in lockdown because it people have had people are living it they've had enough of it and and we wanted to kind of show what life is was like and what it will be like again so it was a conscious decision and then of course we had to overcome the obstacles of getting around that mm-hmm. and part of my I suppose trepidation in a way was you know I want to show these women at their best I want to show them out there in the in the workplace and mm. slaying and being thriving, amazing and yeah. ha- thriving and having wonderful lives and having sometimes terrible lives but what I've done unfortunately is I've, I've sort of domesticated them <laughs> and st- stuck stuck them in their houses <laughs> however it's relatable, I've, Julie. That's yeah. very relatable at the well, moment. Well, I know. But hopefully I've, we've created a little bit of a world outside with them kind of going off for various lunches and meeting up outside, obviously not on screen. Of course, we had to we had to respect social distancing. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it creates quite an intimacy. There's, you know, I've really oh, I'm glad to hear ummed that. and awed about what, what it is that it, there's so much of this that I just think, you know, is just... Uh, I, I wonder, will, will it be lost when it... I'm sure it won't be, but, you know, if, if it gets commissioned for TV. I, I just feel that that intimacy comes across quite strongly. And you, these women on it are like... It's that like they're they're very similar to like my friends. Yes. I think everyone will watch and go. It I is know something. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And the way my friends behave and talk and feel is hilarious most of the time. And you know, uh, and and this filming in lockdown really provides that relatable quality. I think great. Yeah. And also, we you know we had this idea. Well, I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I I do get very busy, and I don't get to see my friends very often, except on FaceTime and on mm. the phone and all that sort of stuff. But Robin Shepherd, our director, who's brilliant, she, she, because I wrote a lot of it when we were just speaking to each other on the phone and she kind of came up with the FaceTime idea of saying, look, it does, it does create a wonderful intimacy in a way. You feel like you're yeah. in the same room. So yeah. that was a great idea of hers, actually. And, and I think that's made a huge difference because you kind of do believe that they're just down the road from each other or, you know, they're just a it, little bit too busy. It really busy. works. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good. And, and what is it about, you know, you're 54, is that right? Am I yeah. right? Yes. Yeah, okay. So what is it about midlife, long-term female relationships that you wanted to what wanted to explore what what do you think is different about these friendships compared to friendships when we're younger i've given it a lot of thought but i'd be interested to hear what what you think is different you know when we're when our age well i think i think there's a first of all i think there's a longevity in female friendships that you don't Mm. have with any other relationships probably apart from your children and your family but then you know some family are just foisted upon you aren't they (laughs) um so so it's a choice it's it's a it's a kind of it's a you know, it's a choice to make, to stay in touch with these people. And I think especially when you're going into your kind of, you know, 40s and 50s, a lot of those friendships have been forged through either through your career or your your job or your um, 
or having children or not having yeah. children. But I think there's there's things that you go through together that are so Lo- yeah, lots of shared experiences. So aren't much they? shared yeah. experience and and all, you know, and I don't know about you, my all my female friendships have lasted much longer than my relationships. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I'm married to Paul, who, as, I've, as I said, we have been together for 30 years, actually. All right, well, but well done. That's rare. That's I, think, I think it's, yeah, I know, I know, a lot of luck's come into that, I'm sure. Uh, but yeah, but sorry, carry on. Yeah, your female friendships. Yeah, and, and I guess I just, they're the first people I turn to when, whenever, whenever, mm. you know, they're the first people I've, I, I turn to when I'm, when I, when I get good news and they're the, the first people I turn to when I get bad news. Mm, um, yeah. And I just think there's there's just a constancy there and there's a shared sense of humour and they just get you in a way that a yeah. lot of people just don't get you. Oh, absolutely. Because I think, you know, when you get, you're in these long-term friendships and at our age, you know, there are, you feel with those friendships, well, I do, I feel sort of understood and known and there are less yes. sort of deal breakers in midlife friendship because they feel like they can sustain just about anything. You've survived a history of shared experiences, including, you know, conflicts and, and mistakes and things. Um, and that provides a really sort of protective quality against impact of stress on that relationship it does and also there's a lack of judgment as well I think that's one of the key things as well is that you know I mean you know you see you see your friends making these terrible mistakes and you think okay I'll just be there to catch you when you fall I can give you advice but I can't live your life but I will be there when it all goes tits up (laughs) which you know which it generally does and I mean I know from, from from me that I've had you know, I've been in situations where I, I probably know that I'm not making the right decisions and I've had mm. brilliant advice from my friends, but ultimately they, they've never, they don't judge me. They just say, no. look, you know, we'll be there for you. And um, I think that's the difference. And yeah. I think also, I, just, I, I have dropped a lot of people along the way the older I get. And I think that was mostly mm. to do with my best friend, Claire Cathcart, who was an actress. She died when she was 48. Oh, and she was my good. best, best, best friend. And I think when she died, I kind of thought I would have t- more time for other people. But actually, it had the opposite effect. I had yeah. less time for people because I thought, I want to spend time with people that I really, really want to hang out with. And so I cut yeah. a lot of dead wood out of my life. And I think that comes from maturity and, and kind of knowing who you want to hang around with and who you don't want to hang around with, you know? Yeah. I, mean, I think anybody who you're still friends with in your mid to late 40s, they've survived that fire of the 20s and the 30s and all yes. the, stuff, the stuff that gets thrown at you and all the drama that goes on. I mean, Louise and I talk a lot about... Um, you know that 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 sort of um, bitchiness and that drama that goes on, the competitive shit that goes on when you're in your twenties oh. and thirties, and you're so insecure. And then maybe the, maybe something does happen mm-hmm. in your mid forties, or something. So sorry to hear about that, Judy. Such a tragic thing that makes you think. Hang mm. on a minute, my threshold for who I'm hanging out with has just gone up because I'm not wasting time fannying about with you know um, bullshit. Basically. Yeah, it's true. And also, obviously, all your friends know where the bodies are buried, so that's. <laughs> they know all your secrets Uh, so (laughs) so you've talked in other interviews I've been obviously uh, what I like to say researching slash stalking uh, you (laughs) Um, and 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 you've spoke about uh, not caring about what other people think anymore and I think that is a sentiment echoed by 
uh, a lot of my female friends it, it, approaching yes. midlife or in midlife. I mean, what age did that shift happen for you? Was it probably around that time that your your mate died? I think I think we were both coming up to that anyway. I mean, Claire and I were very similar in in our in, in that probably that's why we were such good friends. But I think we were just hurtling towards that didn't really care mm. phase anymore. Um, and I just think it comes with maturity. Um, and it, it comes with just being, I, I hate that phrase being comfortable in your own skin, but I, 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 unfortunately I think it's a cliche for a reason because yeah. yeah. it's true. Um, you just don't, you just don't, you just care less. I guess you're empowered because you've shed that insecurity. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. And I think, you know, not just being a, not just being a woman, but being an actress as well, you're, you're constantly kind of the spotlight's constantly on how you look and and, yeah. and all that nonsense. And um, it's it can be very, very wearing sometimes. And yeah, I just I just think it comes with maturity. And I, I think if you if you do still care about what other people think, then you probably need therapy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have, have you had therapy? Do you mind me asking? I I did have therapy. I had therapy um in my early 40s and I I didn't I couldn't get on with it to be honest mm. and I don't really know why maybe I just didn't find the right, right person because I am an advocate of it absolutely I think talking therapy is brilliant mm. and I think it's fantastic for a lot of people maybe I just didn't find the right person as I say but mm. it didn't really it didn't really do it for me I have to say mm. I, I, I somehow felt self-indulgent maybe it's yeah. a Scottish thing <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's I a cultural thing <laughs> <laughs> or a northern thing you know that kind of thing of you know just yeah. pull yourself yeah. together you should be scrubbing a step love not ch- chatting to somebody <laughs> on a leather sofa oh stop bothering people yeah. you know and also it's expensive yeah oh, god Absolutely. i think maybe i'll become a therapist yeah <laughs> maybe uh writing the season is writing the series in a, a, a cathartic experience you've no idea how cathartic it was mm. In fact, it is. It's still an ongoing process. Process, but yes, it's so cathartic. I've actually just before I am um, just before I I, I speaking to you, I'm filming a scene in my home where I have a breakdown about not being able to find my HRT. <laughs> so that's so that's a little that's a little spoiler for future episodes. And um, yeah, it's so cathartic. I'm screaming in my own house, so the neighbours might call the police in a minute. So if I get carted away in a second, you'll know why. <laughs> You're doing it for the art, darling. You're doing it. For yes, the art. darling. <laughs> but no, it is very cathartic. And also it's been lovely as well because I kind of been, I've been able to write, you know, a lot of these women are based on friends of mine. Mm. Um, and obviously a lot of the actresses that I'm working with at the moment, they, they are friends of mine too. But um, you, I can write down little aspects of my personality or experience and kind of get it down on paper and then yeah. to see it out there is there's something very satisfying about it and yeah very cathartic have you um have you written before julie or is this the first thing that you've written <clears throat> no claire and i were writing something together oh. um and it's one of the reasons that i kind of wanted to do it as mm. well because i wanted to honor that yeah mm. um but funnily enough it was claire claire kind of got me she, she encouraged me to go on tinder <laughs> And because um, she was a she was a huge fan of Tinder, she was absolutely <laughs> hilarious with it. So the first thing we were writing together was a thing called Tinderellas. 
<laughs> and uh, she encouraged me to go on it. And I said, absolutely not. There's no way, you know, I don't want to be recognised and it's so embarrassing. <laughs> so when I was in Benidorm, I um, I decided, oh, okay, I'll try it because I'm in a foreign country. Mm. I'll just, I'll just... I'll just go for foreign men. I won't go for foreign, you know, for, for anyone English or Scottish. And um, the first person I met was my husband. Oh. My husband, my now husband. Wow. Oh, my God. Not my then amazing. husband. No, no. <laughs> Not my husband who's on no. Tinder. That, that would be a plot twist, wouldn't it? Uh... That would have been embarrassing. Wow. Oh, that's amazing. So, yeah. Goodness. I know. So I always, I always kind of, even though Claire wasn't alive at, at that time, I always kind of credit her with, with uh, that's how I met Davy because um, she was the one that encouraged me yeah. to go on it. So, um, so writing yeah. for the first time, you know, and midlife is a time when we need to feel, you know, alive and ambitious, um, and you know that that need sort of sets in. I think because we sense that there's a you know a finite time to accomplish goals, and everyone in, involved with um, done breeding is. It, everyone, apart from the children, um, everyone's a midlifer, I think. And you're yes. you're all in your various professions with this project. You're being really bold and pioneering, and new ways. Everyone's doing trying new ways of working. And I just wonder that's not something you would necessarily associate with midlifers, I think. And it, it was it daunting, you know. I mean, how have you all encouraged and challenged and buoyed each other along? Well, it was very challenging because you know filming. I. I one of the reasons I love being an actor is because I love the collaboration. Mm. I love being on a film set. I love hanging out with people. I love actors. I adore them. You know, the crew is all, they're always marvellous people. And we're all, it's like a little family. So it's part, it's all part of the process. So this is extremely odd. Um, but having said that, we're always on the phone to each other. We're constantly having meetings. Zoom has yeah. kind of taken over my life, I suppose, as it has many people. We have, we have a Zoom rehearsal and then we have a Zoom read through and our wonderful director, Robin Shepherd, uh, then sends us floor plans and exactly where to put the camera. So it's all very choreographed. Mm. It's not kind yeah. of randomly. I mean, she, you know, she is kind of overseeing every single shot although she's not in the room it's mind-boggling is it really cool it really is yeah and and my aim was to create fantastic parts for older women and that that's you know that's that was one of my that was one of the reasons I wanted to do it and so that gives me huge joy to see these all these fabulous actresses being able to show off their bells and whistles you know god yeah yeah gives me great joy so so we are constantly in touch with each other but i'm just absolutely desperate to get everybody in the same room i'm running out of i'm running out of domestic situations (laughs) (laughs) but you've really continued to be creative at a time when the rest of the tv industry i'm sure it's sorting itself out now but there was a big everything ground to a halt a bit didn't it you know so yeah it was terrifying yeah um, but- I mean, I had two projects go down, as, as I'm sure. I think everybody in the in the mm. cast had had projects go down, and yeah. I mean, even just from a financial point of view, it's terrifying. Yeah. But just from a, a yeah, it's heartbreaking for the industry because you know we we rely so much on the arts, and and I and I kind of really want to say this, and I don't mean to kind of bang people over the head with it, but I really hope when this is all over that people really appreciate how much the arts has be, has played a, a, a part in in keeping people going yeah, and yeah. giving people hope and also inspiring people 
because arts is usually the way down the list and it shouldn't be it should yeah. be right up at the top because it's the way we express ourselves you know and and the stories that we tell and Mm. And look at how creative people have become. I yeah, I was going to say every meme that you see, every, every everything you see that people have put up, that is part of a creative, artistic uh, thing that should be nurtured and invested in. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. You know, yeah. what we're doing right now is, is creative and all that sort of stuff. So, and, and I think all those, you know, those people that are suffering, the theatre, you know, the theatres mm. and a lot of actors who are, you know, out of work and also a lot of crews and a lot of people uh, you know, all these venues, these music venues and mm. theatre venues, which might not survive. I think that it's absolutely devastating. Yeah. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Have your other projects been sort of paused with a view to get them back on in 21 or yeah, I mean, just under discussion? Well, we were meant to be doing Shetland, um, which mm. we were meant to do in series six. Mm. And that has been postponed. It's not been cancelled. It's been postponed. And also a thing called Queens of Mystery, which we were meant to be doing as well. So it's just all kind of up in the air at the moment. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so this has actually saved my sanity, oh, I, bet. I have I bet to say. Has, yeah. Um, because it's been such a wonderful process to work with great, you know, my, my the two the two producers, Jackie and Andrew Green, are my really, really close friends. So it's, uh, we're doing it through their company. Mm. And we've got a great producer, Claire Balin, and our wonderful, obviously, our director, Robin Shepherd and Ian McCallum, our PR guy. Just, you know, what was... What was lovely to me was that everybody said yes immediately. Yeah. And then we have a wonderful editor, Dave Barrett, and the lovely guy, Al, who's his, who's his assistant. And there, you know, David's in his shed editing <laughs> and Al's downloading all the stuff. And it's a real collaborative thing, even though we're not together. Yeah. Um, so, it's massively yeah, it's been, inspiring, yeah. Julie. I mean, is, is thank it, you. I, I'm just thinking about me in, in my little sort of back bedroom, uh, and I, I've got my little um, camera that I put in a, in a little grip thing and, and try and do my little videos. And you know, I occasionally say to my husband, "Would you just stand there so I've got a back of a headshot?" And he's like, "Fuck off, Amy." You know, but, you know, <laughs> Like, you know, obviously I'm yeah. not I'm not creating something that thousands and thousands of people are watching. I don't know if he needs to see the profit and loss sheet for that to actually get involved. <laughs> but how has it been like working with your families? I mean, has there been, uh, have there been rows or has it brought you together? I mean, are you going to remember been, this experience? 
interesting. Um, <laughs> that's all I'll say. Well, Davey's been brilliant. He's my cameraman, DOP, my caterer. He's 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 basically doing everything, and then I'm just wow. standing in front of the camera, being bossy, um, and and occasionally saying, "Don't tell me how to act." When <laughs> if he's if he dares to criticise anything that I'm doing, <laughs> your daughter was brilliant in that yeah. first episode. Yeah, she's great. She's kind of she's got a bit bored with it now, so I'm I'm having to. I'm that's having the thing, to, isn't it? Yeah, having that's to bribe her. <laughs> Just you're in the middle of a shot, and the you know the postman will come to the door, and the dog will start barking, and the the fire alarm will go off, and it's, it's just, like it's not... cut. <laughs> yeah, so it can actually take all day to film one scene, but um, generally my family have been very very supportive. But it was funny. Um, Tamsin Outhwaite was saying to me that her and her boyfriend, Tom, who's playing her boyfriend in the show, because luckily mm. he's an actor. Um, oh, he's, course, he, yeah. he, she said before we filmed Dunbreedon, they'd never had an argument. And now they're like Dan and Anne <laughs> from EastEnders. <laughs> oh, God. So I hope I don't split anybody up. <laughs> no, I'm uh, sure not. And I no. think the fact that your families are all involved really enriches this drama naturally it just brings that to it you know so um, yeah you know because family yeah. facilitates you know that connection of common experiences that we were talking about earlier that feed into midlife friendships it's all just part of it isn't it absolutely and I think you know there's that whole thing especially when you go through you know when you go through kind of raising teenagers together as well yeah. I mean you know you're constantly having to kind of just go out and scream and drink wine and, oh, yeah. and kind of and, and not you know I just have have that's a shared experience as well oh, I mean yes a friends friends we friends and I decided we might do a teenage swap oh brilliant because what we because what we realized was that when when her teenagers came to my house they were absolutely lovely of course and when my teenagers went to her house they were absolutely lovely and we were like we're on to something here. Maybe yeah. we should just do a swap until they're 20. Yes. <laughs> Amy hasn't got teenagers yet. Her kids are still quite young, but she's heard yeah. me talking about the, uh, you know, the, you know, I've got one left at home and the other three have left home now, but there were some really, really dark times when they were teenagers. So. You know, I think, I don't know, I don't know what it is. I think, um, I actually am really enjoying the teenage years. I know that sounds perverse because they are difficult, but there's also a there's there's also a I think because I remember so clearly being a teenager and how mm. shit it can be, yeah. mm. and how painful and awful and rubbish it can be because you don't feel you don't feel autonomous. Mm. You know, you're sort of in between that stage yeah. of you just kind of you know you're still a child, but yet you know you still have to live at home and the rules and. So I think I remember that. So I do cut my girls a lot of slack, but you know we have we do have spectacular all singing, all dancing, <laughs> yes, rows where uh, the the dog, the dog, even the dog wants to leave home. <laughs> Can I just ask you, Julie? I'm thinking about as you're talking because I was just thinking about that scene with you and your daughter, and, and you were saying like, "Your dad's in the bloody yes. shed." Uh, I'm sure that's not a, a reference to your husband, um, no. but but it was it was obviously the character. So uh, uh, do you? Do you all live in Brighton or are those external shots, have you done those around Brighton and then threaded them into the internal shots of the other actors? 
Do you know what yes, I mean? Uh, yes, I, I'm me and my me, me. I'm the only one who lives in Brighton. Right. <laughs> so uh, I've yeah. Because if you'd have said uh, to me, no, no, we all live four streets down from each other, I'd have gone right. Okay, because it, it, it's just. Oh I, God, I'm, I'm so glad. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the joins because it is my area of interest. I'm like, how have they done that? And how have they done that? And I love that shot. Um, I can't remember the the actress or the character's name but she's got that amazing dog that just gives her the, the you know and she's pouring the wine into oh, her gosh, glass yeah, Who, who's, what's her name Marnie that's Alison that's Alison Newman um yeah her dog Marnie is so she's a brilliant uh, yeah. actor she's one of those people who you like she's been in loads of stuff she's a brilliant actor I, and I, I she has anonymity which I, I guess is great because I just can't yes. remember her name but she's one of those sort of like god I recognize her face uh, but that shot when she's telling about the, her backstory and the the close-up onto her face I was like oh it, it felt it, maybe it felt realer and even more authentic than it being a proper sort of set up camera shot because it Absolutely. just felt do you know what I mean it felt a yeah. bit um yeah like raw Yes, exactly, exactly. And and what's lovely is that, you know, because we, obviously because we're friends and everything, we kind of have these conversations and, you know, Marnie's the most gorgeous dog and it just seemed perverse not to have Marnie in it. Yeah. But Alison, is, um, Alison and I worked together in our 20s. We did a thing, uh, Paul Abbott's first drama and um, it was called Butterfly Collectors and we, with the great Pete Postlethwaite. And, oh, um, yes. and so we've kind of, you know, climbed the ladder together I guess but Alison was a really inspiring to me because she was an actress who she just got to the point where she you know she she wasn't getting the work that she should have been getting because she was mm. getting older and so she wrote a brilliant series I don't know if you've seen which but if you can see it it's called Harlots okay and it's um it's on it was on part of ITV Encore but I think it's on Hulu now but um it on Amazon Prime sorry and it's called Harlots and it's an all-female Female-led cast with Samantha Morton and uh, I mean, great Leslie Manville, great cast, oh, all about eighteenth-century sex workers in London, um, and it's fantastic. And if you get a chance to, to see it, yeah, Harlots is brilliant, isn't it? We're looking for something uh, new to watch, and I've got Amazon Prime, so uh, that's on the well, hit list. <laughs> yeah, and you have to subscribe to Hulu, I think, to get it. But it's worth it because it's you know it's a real powerhouse of fantastic women doing their doing their thing so Alison was a real inspiration to me as well mm, so it's nice. great to have her you know have her on board yeah I mean we should also say there's a great cause at the heart of this project uh the, the Trussell Trust Food Banks uh can you yes. give us an overview of who they are and what they're doing and why you chose that charity well um just simply because it was called Dun Breeding and we thought it's it's all to do with families and and even though we are done breeding <laughs> we're you know we're still very interested in in kind of you know the family unit and all that sort of stuff and and we saw that the NHS and, and a lot of charities were getting a lot of help and which and quite rightly so that was mm. fantastic but we just kind of looked into the fact that food banks had become a frontline service during the lockdown, which is yeah. so depressing and shocking. Um, and people were really relying on them. And we were all chatting one day and we thought, remember when lockdown happened and everybody went out and kind of panicked, went yeah. into the supermarket and panicked, yeah. bought food. Imagine being in a situation where you couldn't do that no. and you were scared of feeding your children or your family. So we just thought that food banks were were a really good uh, uh, thing to highlight and also the Trussell Trust one of the reasons I love them apart from the fact that they're everywhere all over the country is that they have a long-term 
goal, which is not only just not only to have food banks, but actually to eradicate uh, hunger and poverty yeah. in this country, which seems I can't even believe we're saying that in the 21st mm. century. But it's insane, uh, isn't it? Yeah, 14, 14 million people living on uh, living on handouts from food banks, 4.5 million children. Um, and so we just thought they were providing such a vital service. And also, if you, you know, if you can't donate and you don't have the money or you don't have the food, even, you know, you can still help the Trussell Trust because you can volunteer, yeah, or you can fundraise, or you can just kind of find out what they, you know, the the, the amazing service that they provide. So we just thought, if we're doing a show about families and all that sort of stuff, let's link it to something. That, that might kind of raise yeah. a little bit of money as well. Absolutely makes sense. And I'll Brilliant. put um there's a, a I'll put up all their details in the show notes as well for this episode. So that but Fantastic. um and they uh, can we just talk about um how people can find your program find dumb breeding it, they go to YouTube is that right and just type in dumb breeding. Yeah, so if you go to if you go to YouTube and put in D D U N B R E E D I N um dumb breeding um it's got an it's got adult content in it, so if if you've got and there's child locks on, they yeah. can't watch it. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, so we go out on Thursdays every Thursday at three p.m. Right. Um, and then we've got an Instagram page which has all the kind of updates and silly videos and behind the scenes. Yeah, which I'll is, link to that. I was going to say yeah, the blooper. Is... The blooper reel must be incredible. Oh, it's fantastic! <laughs> so you've so, got to yeah, thread so that... those together. Oh, I think we're going to, we're definitely going to do that because they're, I mean, I've seen some of the outtakes and they are hilarious. <laughs> Mostly everyone arguing with their families. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and also, as Denise Welch says, you know, you get a chance to see inside everybody's house, yeah. <laughs> which everybody loves. I know. <laughs> so, yeah, so the Instagram page is done.breeding yeah. and, uh, and there's also the link to the Trussell Trust on that as well. Fabulous. And I'll put Brilliant. all of that um, in, in the show notes. Um, and, you know, thank you you so much Julie for taking time to talk to us today and and for you know opening up the conversation around menopause and you know and please thank everyone involved you know for being you know like the best example of of midlife being an empowering time and a time for a change and a time for learning you know I just love everything about this project amen thank you so much (laughs) I really appreciate your support made by darkhorsedigital.co.uk shooting live streaming and podcast production 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.